إذاعة البيان تقدم لكم هذا البرنامج سائلين الله عز وجل أن ينفعنا به بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أحييكم أيها الإخوة والأخوات في هذا البث المباشر مع الشيخ خالد عيسى ومحدثكم جلال الشامي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أيها الشيخ الشيخ خالد أهلا وسهلا بكم في هذا اللقاء ما الموضوع اليوم الذي سنتطرق إليه في موضوع الزكاة في هذا اللقاء إن شاء الله تعالى سنتكلم عن شروط الزكاة أو شروط وجوب الزكاة ذكر العلماء شروطا لوجوب الزكاة من هذه الشروط أيها الإخوة المستمعون الحرية الحرية معنى ذلك أن الزكاة لا تجب على العبد سبب ذلك أن العبد حقيقة لا يملك يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من ابتاع عبدا له مال فماله للذي باعه إلا أن يشترط المبتاع من باع عبدا له مال فماله للذي باعه إلا أن يشترط المبتاع فيقول ابن هبيرة هناك إجماع للعلماء على أن العبد على أنه ليس على العبد زكاة الشرط الثاني من شروط وجوب الزكاة الإسلام الإسلام فالكافر لا تجب عليه الزكاة والكافر إذا تصدق أو أخرج زكاة عن ماله فهذه الزكاة زكاة غير مقبولة زكاة غير مقبولة ما الدليل على ذلك الدليل هو قول الله عز وجل وما منعهم أن تقبل منهم نفقاتهم إلا أنهم كفروا بالله وبرسوله وما منعهم أن تقبل منهم نفقاتهم إلا أنهم كفروا بالله ورسوله فالإسلام شرط لصحة قبول الأعمال كما نعلم أيضا من الأدلة على ذلك أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لما بعث معاذا إلى اليمن وقال له إنك تأتي قوما أهل كتاب فليكن أول ما تدعوهم إليه شهادة أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمدا رسول الله فإنهم أجابوك لذلك فأعلمهم أن الله افترض عليهم خمس صلوات في اليوم والليلة فإنهم أجابوك لذلك فأعلمهم أن الله افترض عليهم صدقة تؤخذ من أغنيائهم فترد على فقرائهم فوجه الدلالة من هذا الحديث أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أمر معاذ بأن يأمرهم أول ما يأمرهم به إلى شهادة التوحيد إلى شهادة التوحيد قبل الصلاة وقبل الزكاة وأيضا نقل ابن هبيرة إجماع العلماء على أن الإسلام شرط لوجوب الزكاة 
All praises due to Allah. May Allah send His peace and blessings upon His final Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Dear brothers and sisters in Islam, we are now uh, with the afternoon uh, programs live from Al Bayan Radio. Uh, we have with us Sheikh Khalid, and Sheikh Khalid, Jazallahu khairan, began today's uh, topic on the conditions of zakat. And the first condition the Sheikh spoke about is freedom. That the first condition that makes zakat binding on a person is that he must be free. So that means that a slave. Uh, someone who's in enslavement. So this is in the tradition, uh, the traditional legislation of Islam. Um, that in the case of there being slaves, that the slave does not have to pay zakat because essentially the slave does not own his wealth. Rather, any wealth that um, is in the hand of the slave um, is actually belongs to his master. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, whoever sells a slave who has with him money then the money belongs to the one who sold him, except if they made a condition at the time of sale that the slave and what he owns is uh, is for the owner, is for the new owner. In any case, the uh, the first condition is that a person must be free and not in, enslaved, because the enslaved person does not in reality own his wealth, and this is by consensus of the scholars. Uh, the second condition of uh, zakat is that a person must be a Muslim. So Islam, having being in a state of Islam or being a Muslim, is a condition. So in other words, that means that if a person is not a Muslim, he is not ob- obligated to pay the zakat, and even if he does pay the zakat, the zakat is not uh, is not valid, is not valid. So. Uh, Allah Ta'ala says, and what would prevent them from having their charity accepted except that they disbelieved in Allah and His Messenger and they died while being disbelievers. So Allah Ta'ala clearly mentions in this verse that the charity of the disbelievers is not uh, accepted with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala as in the Islamic law. And as well the hadith of Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu an, when the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent him as a judge to Yemen uh, he f- commanded him and he said, you're going to the land of uh, of the people of the book, that the majority of the religion of the people in the area are Jews and Christians. So let the first thing you command them to do is to testify with the testimony of faith of Islam. That's the first thing you call them to, to testify that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. If they obey you in that and they accept that from you, then command them to f- to pray five the five daily obligatory prayers. If they accept that, from you then command them that Allah has uh, legislated upon them a charity that is uh, or, or a tax upon their rich that a portion of the wealth of the rich is taken from them and, and given to the poor among them in the society so the the point uh, of the hadith is that the Prophet ﷺ first commanded uh, Mu'ath to instruct them to faith only after faith did he instruct them with the other instructions of the, uh, of Islam, which is salah and zakah. So before Islam or without the acceptance of Islam, there is no command to pray or to uh, pay the zakah. So, and as well, this is by consensus of the scholars, the zakat is only obligated and accepted or, or considered valid when it comes from someone who is free and someone who is a Muslim. Min shuroti wujub zakat والأصل في هذا حديث أبي سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ليس في مدونة خمسة أوسق صدقة وليس ولا في مدونة خمس أواق صدقة 
ولا فيما دون خمس ذود صدقة ليس فيما دون خمسة أوسق صدقة هذا في الحبوب والوسق هو ستون صاعا ستون صاعا إذا نصاب الحبوب من القمح والشعير وغيرها هو خمسة أوسق والوسق ستون صاعا أي سلسمائة صاع فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ليس فيما دون خمس أوسق خمسة أوسق صدقة ولا فيما دون خمس أواق صدقة وهذا بالنسبة لما يتعلق بالفضة الأوقية والأوقية هي أربعون درهما أربعون درهما ليس فيما دون خمس أواق صدقة وليس فيما دون خمس ذود صدقة وهذا بالنسبة لنصاب الإبل نصاب الإبل, الإبل يبتدئ بخمس, بخمس من الإبل ليس فيما دون خمس ذود صدقة أيضا نقل ابنه بير الإجماع على أن ملك, ملك النصاب شرط لوجوب الزكاة قال العلماء هذا الشرط مكون من أمرين أن يكون مالكا لهذا المال أي مستقرا في ملكه والأمر الثاني أن يكون هذا المال بلغ النصاب أن يكون مالكا لهذا المال أي مستقرا في ملكه وأن يكون هذا المال بلغ النصاب فإذا لم يبلغ النصاب فلا زكاة فيه فلا زكاة فيه هناك بعض الأموال حقيقة لا مالك لها بالنسبة لأولئك الذين يتولون المؤسسات الخيرية أو يجمعون أموال الزكاة فهذه الأموال ليس لها مالكا معينا فإذا كنت يا عبد الله ممن تجمع أموال الزكاة أو كنت تعمل في مؤسسة خيرية وتتلقى أموالا لإنفاقها في مشاريع خيرية فهذه ليس لها مالك معين فهذه مما لا تجب فيها الزكاة أيضا يتفرع عن, هذا عن هذه القاعدة أن المال الحرام لا زكاة فيه لأن المال الحرام ليس ملكا ليس ملكا لمن أخذه بغير حق فالمال الذي يحصل عليه الإنسان مثلا من سرقة أو من غصب أو من رشوة أو من ربا أو غش وكذا من أخذ أموال الناس بالباطل من أخذ أموال الناس بالباطل أو نحو ذلك هذه الأموات ليست في ملكه في الأصل وهي محرمة عليه ويجب عليه أن يعيدها لأصحابها من غصب مالا غصب مالا وكان عنده منه الكثير الكثير هذا لا تجب فيه الزكاة ولو أخرج زكاة لهذا المال فهو لا يقبل لا يقبل منه لأن الله سبحانه وتعالى كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله طيب لا يقبل إلا طيبا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم 
لا تقبل صلاة بغير طهور ولا صدقة من غلول والغلول الأخذ من مال الغنيمة قبل القسمة وهذا محرم إذا من ملك مال من أخذ مالا حراما حقيقة فهو ليس مالكا له على الحقيقة ولا تجب فيه الزكاة. Uh, the third condition of uh, zakat being uh, obligatory is for the wealth to reach what is called in Arabic the nisab or what we will translate it to mean the minimum threshold. And the evidence for this is based on the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu where the Prophet sallallahu says that there is no zakat required in an amount that is less than five wasaq. Now a wasaq is a way to measure a large amount of grain and one wasaq is 60 sa'. So altogether that means it's 300 sa'. And a sa' is a way of measuring. It's like a basket full of grain. So 300. So if someone who has less than that amount of grain, there is no zakat uh, to be paid from that grain. And the hadith continues, or five uh, awqiyah. And awqiyah is a measure of gold, which is equivalent to 40 dirhams, 40, uh, 40 pieces of silver. So, so one Uqiyah is 40 pieces of silver, so 5 times 40 is 200 pieces of silver. Or 5 dhud, which are uh, 5 uh, camels. So there's no there's no charity for less than 5 camels. So we can see the three different types of charity, either uh, on charity on grain. So there is a minimum threshold of grain. If a person has less than that, there's no zakat. There's a threshold on uh, on, on money so if a person has less than 300 pieces of silver or the equivalent value then there's no zakat payable or five camels so it shows that there is zakat on livestock so if someone has less than uh, five camels there's no zakat payable so this is proof that there is a minimum threshold so someone with with yeah, and if you want to say a little bit of money there's no zakat so so just like for example in the Australian tax system if you do, if you have less than a certain amount you don't pay tax so only when you have more than a certain amount you start to pay tax similar is the system in islam and these are the thresholds for grain for money and for livestock in these cases uh, so what we learn from uh, this point is that a person must be in complete ownership of the wealth for him to be uh, uh, obligated to pay zakat from it and as well the wealth that he has the assets that he has he, uh, they have to have reached the minimum threshold so uh, what do we mean that a person must be in ownership or must have complete ownership of the wealth because there are some types of wealth that doesn't have a specific owner for example wealth that is kept uh, uh, that is for charitable purposes so for example a charitable organization that is collecting money and may have money stored for a large project or for uh, emergency aid or, or emergency aid or something like that that money even though it may have reached the nisab because it's not owned by a particular person and it's only there for uh for for um charitable causes or for aid and relief then th there is no zakat payable on that wealth also uh a wealth that is uh wealth that is attracted by forbidden means so someone who makes 
wealth from forbidden means, from prohibited means, such as someone who make uh, who has uh, made wealth from stealing, or from taking things by force, or from usury, from interest, or from uh, uh, bribes, or someone who has taken wealth without right. Uh, there is no zakat payable on haram wealth, on forbidden wealth, because this wealth, uh, he doesn't have right to ownership to it, but rather he must uh, return it to its rightful owners or must rid himself from it, uh, because it is forbidden for him to be in possession of forbidden wealth. Uh, the Prophet says in the hadith, which means Allah is good and pure, and he only accepts that which is good and pure. And also the hadith of the Prophet he said there is no prayer, yani no prayer, there is no prayer that is acceptable or is valid without purification. So you can't pray without wudu, and as well you can't give charity from money that is stolen from ghulul. The hadith says ghulul, and ghulul is money that is taken from the uh, the proceeds of the war from the booty of the wall before it is divided. So someone who takes from the booty before it's divided, this is ghulul. This is taking the wealth without right. So you can't give charity from something that is forbidden for you to take in the first place. Just like you can't pray without wudu. Even if you do, your prayer is invalid, is not accepted, not rewarded. Same uh, scenario here. So Allah is pure. He only accepts that which is pure. So someone who ta- who makes his money from a prohibited means, from haram means, from forbidden things, then he can't give his zakat from that because uh, it will not be accepted and it's not valid uh, in in the Islamic uh, legislation. No. من شروط وجوب الزكاة أيضا أيها الإخوة هو مضي الحول مرور سنة. هناك حديث عن عائشة رضي الله عنه عنها ترفعه إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا زكاة في مال حتى يحول عليه الحول بعض العلماء يصحح هذا الحديث مرفوعا إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وبعضهم يصحح موقوفا على بعض الصحابة لا زكاة في مال حتى يحول عليه الحول وأيضا نقل ابن هبير الإجماع على اشتراط مضي الحول لوجوب الزكاة فإذا إذا ملك العبد نصابا واستمر ملكه لهذا النصاب حولا كاملا ولم ينقص هذا النصاب في هذه المدة في كل هذه السنة فقد تحقق هذا الشرط وهو مضي الحول على هذا النصاب إذا يشترط استمرار ملكية النصاب لسنة كاملة إذا نقص النصاب في أثناء هذه السنة نبتدئ بالعد من جديد عندما يكتمل يكتمل ملكه يكتمل ملكه للنصاب مرة أخرى فنبدأ بالحساب من جديد لكن هناك بعض الأمور تستثنى من هذه القاعدة تستثنى من هذه القاعدة وهي المعشر من الأموال وهي الأموال التي يجب فيها العشر وهي مثل مثل الزروع مثل الزروع وهي الخارج من الأرض من الحبوب والثمار فإنه لا يشترط لإخراج زكاتها مضي الحول بل متى ما بدأ صلاحها وحصدت وجبت فيها الزكاة ولو كان ذلك في أربعة أشهر أو ستة لقول الله سبحانه وتعالى وآتوا حقه يوم حصاده فالمزارع عندما يحصد زرعه إذا بلغ هذا الزرع النصاب يؤدي زكاته عند وقت حصاده ولا ينتظر مرور الحول عليه
أيضا مما يستثنى من هذه القاعدة نتاج السائمة وهي بهيمة الأنعام الإبل والبقر والغنم التي ترعى الحول أو أكثره فيما أنبته الله سبحانه وتعالى أما ما نزرعه نحن ونعلفه إياها فلا تعد به سائمة فإذا كانت ترعى فيما أنبته الله سنة كاملة أو ثمانية أشهر أو سبعة ففيها الزكاة يعني يعتبر الأغلب يعني إذا كان الأغلب أنها تسوم أي ترعى من النبات الخارج من الأرض الذي أخرجه الله سبحانه وتعالى بدون أن, بدون أن يزرعه الإنسان إذا كان غالب حالها أنها تسوم سبعة أشهر ثمانية أشهر وما فوق فتعتبر سائمة وتجب فيها الزكاة فإذا كان لرجل مثلا إبل أو بقر أو غنم أقل من النصاب أقل من النصاب ثم, ثم نتجت هذه يعني هذه الإبل أو البقر أو الغنم أو إذا كان مالكا للنصاب من هذه, من هذه الأنعام الإبل والبقر والغنم ثم نتجت فنتاجها يحسب مع, مع, أصل مع الأصل لا ينتظر به سنة أخرى لا ينتظر به وإنما يحسب مع الأصل فمثلا لو أن رجلا عنده تسعون شاتا وقبل أن يتم الحول بشهرين نتجت أي ولدت ثلاثون منها ثلاثين شاتا هذه الثلاثون تسمى نتاجا لتلك السائمة فإذا ضممناها مع التسعين صار عندنا مئة وعشرون شاتا فإذا جاء عامل الصدقة فإنه يأخذ من صاحب هذه الماشية زكاة مئة وعشرين شاة مع أنه لم يمر على الثلاثين إلا شهران لأنه لا يشترط فيها مضي الحول فحولها حول أصلها يعني عندنا تسعون شاة تجب عليه فيها شاة لكن قبل يعني أن يتم الحول بشهرين ولدت هذه الشياة ثلاثون شاة أخرى فصارت مئة وعشرين فهنا يعني يجب عليه شاتان منها فنحسب هذه الثلاثين مع الأصل ولا نبتدئ لها حولا جديدا ولا نبتدئ لها حولا يعني جديدا فقالوا أن نتاج السائمة لا يشترط لا, لا يشترط له مضي الحول وإنما يحسب مع أصله إذا كان بلغ نصابا of the uh, of the conditions of uh, zakat as well is that the passing of the year that the passing of the year on that wealth and this is termed al-haul the the time period and that is the passing of a year and what we mean by year is the is a, is a lunar year so that's why a lot of people they uh, they prefer to pay their zakat in ramadan because it's easy for them to remember the lunar month and the origin of this is the hadith of aisha radiyallahu anha that she narrates and this narration is attributed to, to, to the Prophet وسلم, even though there may be some difference of opinion among the scholars in this, whether it's from the words of the Prophet or from what uh, the companions have taken from the Prophet وسلم, and it's become marfu'a. In any case, it's still an applicable uh, by consensus of the scholars uh, that, the, that the narration says there is no zakat in wealth until the, the passing of a year. Until the passing of a year, so when uh, certain wealth becomes uh, has reached the the nisab, the minimum threshold, 
then a person, uh, as soon as the wealth reaches the minimum threshold, then from that day, we look for, uh, the, for a year from that time. And we pay the zakat uh, upon it after a year. But if it reached the nisab and then it went less than the nisab, then we stop counting the year. And then if the money goes up to the nisab again, then we start counting again. So it has to hold that minimum value for at least a year. And then once exactly one year passes from that date, where a person reaches the nisab, then the zakat becomes obligatory. Now this is the case uh, for for all forms of wealth of zakat, except when it comes to the zakat of grain and the zakat of cattle. So... Uh, so uh, the zakat of grain, for example, is not. We don't wait for a year. Actually, we pay the the zakat of the grain once the grain is harvested. So once the grain has has matured, and it's hard, and the grain has hardened, and it's been harvested, that's when we pay the zakat for it. So it may not necessarily be a year. Maybe it's only a few months. Allah Taala He says, and pay its right, pay its due right, when it is harvested. Uh, and as well, when it comes to the zakat of uh, cattle, the zakat of uh, um, uh, camels, or cows, or sheep and goats, these are the, the categories of zakat. When it comes to cattle, there's no zakat on other forms of animals, just these type. Uh, and... Uh, we consider them we consider them uh, liable to pay zakat on them if they are grazing naturally yani they're grazing from land that is naturally irrigated from uh, from the rain and things like that but if uh, it's a, it's a drought and we have to pay and we have to buy uh, stock for them to eat we have to buy grain and we have to buy hay and grass and things like that for them to eat then there's no zakat payable on those uh, livestock uh, but if they are grazing naturally, uh, and and sometimes it may be a mix that sometimes there's uh, maybe in in the good season they they eat from the the natural grazing land, and then in the drought season they may uh, we may need to buy food for them. We look at what is the most prominent. So if most prominently uh, we they are grazed naturally, then we pay zakat on them. But if more prominently they are, we have to pay. Uh, for their for their food, then there's no zakat on them. So in the case where uh, they graze naturally, at least at least for the majority of the time, then the zakat payable on them, and the zakat is payable uh, on them once they reach the nisab. So once once they reach the nisab, for example, uh, uh, for example, when it comes to sheep, for every forty sheep, you pay zakat one sheep. So once a person reaches forty sheep, then a year after that he pays one sheep but if within that time the number of sheep increases so th so after a year passes we look at what he has of sheep so for example if someone had 90 sheep 90 sheep is within the first bracket which is from 40 to from 40 to 120 90 is within that bracket so if a person has 90 sheep then uh, he would have to pay a one sheep in zakah but if we say that two months before the year passed on those 90 sheep, 30 of the sheep gave birth. And so we have 30 extra sheep, so that would make them 120. So now they become in the second bracket. Even though those 30 sheep had only been 
uh, alive for two months. They uh, a year didn't pass on those thirty sheep. We still pay zakat on them because the zakat, because they are considered part of where they came from. So because um, th their mothers, let us say, uh, were were liable for zakat. So whatever their mothers produce of the offspring as well, they are considered part of the zakat when the time of zakat comes to be paid. أيضا مسألة مهمة يعني وهذه ربما تهم الناس في هذا البلد لأن أكثر الناس لا يتعاملون في لا يشتغلون في المواشي مسألة قريبة منها وهي ربح التجارة أنه أيضا يستثنى من مرور يستثنى من مرور الحول يعني إنسان هو تاجر هو تاجر وعلى قول جمهور العلماء أنه يجب تجب الزكاة على عروض التجارة على عروض التجارة فإنسان عنده عروض للتجارة وبلغت النصاب وبلغت النصاب ثم انتظر بها حولا وقبل انتهاء الحول أيضا بشهر أو شهرين ارتفع سعر هذه العروض ارتفع سعر هذه البضاعة فنقول هذا, هذا الربح الذي هو سبب ارتفاع سعر العروض لا ينتظر به حولا جديدا وإنما يحسب مع الأصل كما قلنا في الماشية فلو أن إنسان مثلا على سبيل المثال اشترى بيتا اشترى بيتا بمئتي بمليون مثلا دولار للتجارة للتجارة وانتظر حولا كاملا وقبل أن يكمل الحول ارتفع هذا البيت وصار سعره مليون ونصف فلا فلا نقول له هذا هذا الربح الذي هو نصف مليون انتظر به أو حولا جديدا انتظر له حولا جديدا وإنما نقول اجمعه مع الأصل ثم ذكي هذا الربح مع الأصل فإذا ربح التجارة كنتاج السائمة لا يبتدأ له حول جديد وإنما يزكى مع أصله okay. uh, uh, An issue which is similar to this Now I'm sure most people uh, may be listening uh, uh, don't have livestock um, especially in that number, uh, that they'll be concerned with paying zakat on, on their livestock. But there is an important issue that may affect uh, many people, um, especially living in the cities, and that is the profits of trade. The profits of trade, the issue of zakat on profits of trade is actually linked and related to the issue that we just spoke about when it comes to livestock and the and, and the increase in livestock. So you have as we gave you that example of the sheep where you had 90 sheep and then and then two months before the the, the year passed on them they became 120 so the so the bracket that if you want to call it the tax bracket had shifted so now you'd be liable to paying more zakat just because of those two months where, where it increased a similar issue is when it comes to trade now if a person had uh, a, a, and this is taking the majority opinion of the scholars that merchandise or things that are that that are for trade are liable to zakat so uh, so uh, we have to so if for example uh, someone had purchased something for trade 
And uh, just before the year passed, the value of that good that they're doing trading increased in price. Then we pay zakat on the current day value of the item once the year has passed, even though the increase in value was only recent. For example, the Sheikh he gave us an example. If someone bought a house for a million dollars and he bought this house with the intent to trade with it, that he, he bought it, he's renovating it, and then he's going, going to sell it or he's waiting for the prices to go up or something. So he bought this house and just one month before the year passed on that house, the price increased. So he originally bought it for a million dollars and one month uh, one month before the year passed on it, the market value of that house became 1.5 million. So when it, so so when the year passes, so when the year passes, he has to pay zakat on 1.5 million, even though the extra half a million had only increased a month ago or two months ago, because the increase is related to and is a byproduct of the origin, and so we consider the byproduct has the same ruling as the origin, and so the zakat must be paid on the total amount. Uh, uh, once the year has passed and so the profits made from trade follows the same principle as the produce of livestock so that's the relation between them ف وهو يزكي عن ماله في رمضان جاءه مال مثلا عن طريق هبه او عن طريق ارث جاءه مال كثير عن طريق الارث فنقول هذا المال الذي جاء عن طريق الارث لا تزكيه مع مالك لانه هذا مال جديد هذا يعني ينتظر به ينتظر به حولا جديدا أو جاء عن طريق هبة فنقول ابتدئ له حولا جديدا فإذا بقي معك هذا المال إلى إلى رمضان الذي بعده فعنده فعند ذلك تؤدي يعني زكاة هذا المال فلا تزكيه مع مالك الذي تملكه لأنه هذا جاء عن لم يأتي عن طريق ربح في التجارة وإنما جاء من عن طريق آخر. So the Sheikh explains that if if the wealth is a byproduct of of uh, of wealth that is liable to zakat, then we pay zakat on the entire amount. But if we have another source of income that's not related and not a byproduct of, of wealth that is liable to zakat, then we don't pay zakat on it until a, a year passes on that other wealth. For example, if a person, he pays his zakat in Ramadan and uh, just before Ramadan or on the first day of Ramadan, whatever it may be, a person receives money, for example, as a gift that is a separate source of his original money that he has to pay next the next Ramadan. So if someone has wealth from a pays every Ramadan, now when the Ramadan comes he's gonna pay zakat on that on, on his wealth. But he gets money from a from another source. For example, he gets gifted some money. Or for example, he gets he inherits some money. A, a relative dies and he receives inheritance. 
So that inheritance from a different source than his current money that is is due for zakat now this this Ramadan. So since he got it now, so he has to wait for that second source of money, for that new source of money. He doesn't add it to the current money that he has. And he pays zakat on the entire amount. He pays zakat on what he has now. And then the new money he has to wait a, a year. So the next Ramadan he pays zakat on the on the other amount. Nashkuru istima'akum. Wa insha'Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naltaqi ma'akum ghadan fi halqatin jadida. An ahkami zakat. Wa ila dhalika al-waqt nastawdi'ukum Allah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakumullah khair, brothers and sisters in Islam. We'll stop at this point and we'll continue inshallah tomorrow taking some uh, lessons on zakat. We farewell you now, brothers and sisters, and we thank you for your attentive listening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.